On November 29, 2022, reports were issued by Metropoli MX that Dijanay Jackson was in American custody, arrested, and awaiting extradition to Mexico in the Shinquela Robinson femicide. These reports have not been backed by any proof. So who has been lying and why? On November 29, 2022, I and many others reported that Dijanay Jackson had been arrested the night before, so November 28th, and she was in American custody awaiting extradition to Mexico. This information was reported by Gerardo Zuniga, who is a reporter from Metropoli MX, the only Mexican investigative journalist who seems to be reporting internationally on the case, and the same reporter who leaked the what was seemingly credible information about the police report. He went on basically an internet press tour about the arrest and went to those with credible platforms who have regularly been reporting on the case. This included Gerald, who is the owner of the North Carolina Beat, who has been putting out, I would say, arguably the most information and the only person, to my knowledge, that is regularly in contact with the Robinson family who is currently putting out information. Gerardo went on to these many platforms telling them that Dijanay was in fact in custody awaiting extradition. He was telling them that he had received this news from his sources, which I'm assuming are the same sources who gave him the information about the alleged police report. The public and those who had welcomed him onto their platforms had absolutely no reason to not trust him at this point. With the police report, he leaked the information and the next morning it was picked up by literally every news outlet internationally, all of whom were citing Gerardo's report, adding further validity to his report, Metropoly MX, and just the overall credibility of both of those sources. But now it would appear that the information is not true. This Dejanay allegedly being arrested this last time per the investigative reporter for, for Cabo. It, yeah. That is what he is, right? Okay. I just want to yeah. make sure I get that right because I've been against somebody a different That's what he said he is, right? That's what we, I mean, that's what we can't prove otherwise. So, I mean, I would say that's what he is. Okay, okay, so that's where we're going to go with. But as far as you know, let us know what the real tea is about this alleged arrest. Well, what I can say is as of 7.46 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, as of right now, this day, Dejanay Jackson has not been arrested. As soon as Gerald had gotten off of that interview, it was live streamed and it's on Facebook. You can find that link in the description below. He received calls from Shanquilla's parents who told him that they had not been informed of an arrest. We still had an arrest warrant. There's okay. been no arrest. I mean, the family would, would be the first to know if there's been an arrest. They might not know, who the, they may not be told who the suspect is, but they will be told there's been an arrest. I thought that this was a little bit odd, but it wasn't extremely odd to me because I could see that if the American or Mexican authorities or both were trying to keep her arrest a secret and like more on the low key side, then they weren't going to inform the family of this because it's very likely that they would tell Gerald and Gerald would report it to everybody else, which is not a bad thing. I think it's a good thing that information is getting out there from the family to Gerald and then just out there. And I do also think that this would be a really immoral thing to do, but I'm not going to put it above any authorities to keep things secretive and private or do something immoral like let's just be real here so after the report broke Shinquela's parents spoke out Salamandra told the independent that they the family are still waiting for somebody to be arrested that the FBI has literally not told them anything they are anxiously awaiting justice but nothing is happening she also added that the Cabo cowards returned without making any arrangements for getting Shinquela home they looked her in the face and told her that there was no fight She'd explicitly asked them about one, and they said there just wasn't one. However, after the autopsy report, a small group of the Cabo cowards, so not all of them, had the audacity to return to the family home. Salamandra then pressed them again about what had happened, asking them, what did you do to my child? 
She then says that one of them broke into a sweat. They were super nervous. It was very clear that they were guilty of something or they knew something. And they all swiftly left shortly after that. And they are now all on the run. Bernard told WCNC that he was also unaware of any arrest in the case. He says that he found out about the release of the video while he was picking out a gravesite for his daughter. He says this just broke his heart. He has a lot of unanswered questions about Shanquilla's death, and he just wants answers for his daughter, ultimately. Folks, including myself, continue to wait and wait for confirmation from any sort of authority or just any further proof that an arrest had been made, but that never happened. There is no arrest record at this point, no proof that Dijonet is or was ever in authorities' custody. So the very next day, on November 30th, 2022, I went back to the website to look and see if there were further updates in the information, as Gerardo's article at the time said that the story was developing and they would have a full in-depth breakdown in a couple of hours. I figured that it had been more than a couple of hours, it had been probably at least 12 or so hours since I had looked at the initial report, Uh, so it, it definitely would have been released, right? Wrong. I also thought that maybe other news outlets would have picked up on the story and began sharing it as well, but not only had no other news outlets share the story, the article on Metropoly MX was gone and the entire website had seemingly been taken down for at least 24 hours. As of December 3rd, the day that I did the research for and the day that I'm filming this video, the website was back up, but no arrest had been confirmed or denied but Gerardo and Metropoly MX are sticking to the story that Dijonet has in fact been arrested. On November 30th, 2022, the website and Gerardo published a new article. They were stating that unofficially on November 28th, 2022, Dijonet was in fact arrested. They said that she was fleeing Charlotte and she had traveled from her hometown to Connecticut to stay with a family member and that's where she was apprehended. The report says that Mexican and American authorities cannot confirm or deny her arrest, claiming that this is being done to avoid any violation of the extradition process. But to my knowledge and the research that I did, there's not any explicit thing in the extradition process that says that you cannot publicly discuss whether someone is in your custody and about to be extradited. That's not that's not a thing. But they went on to say that on November 30th, they were informed that Dijonet was admitted to a service center, does not clarify what that means, in the United States, but was not given details about her specific location. The article rounds out by saying that Dijonet is under protection and will be waiting extradition, which is said to happen in about two to three weeks time. But in the initial report, they said that it would be one to two weeks. That's suspicious. That's weird. You spoke to the source a day before. How were they saying one to two weeks? And then the very next day saying that it's going to be an additional week or two on top of that. Gerardo has also said on multiple occasions that authorities have obtained a new video or another video which shows Shinquella being attacked by Winter Donovan. He claims to have seen the video with his very own eyes, but it has not been released or shared to the public, and no one has formally addressed these alleged videos. Gerald has not released them, he has not said that he has seen them himself, nothing of that nature, so there's no proof of this. Again, it's just Gerardo saying things, and his source is, trust me bro, and that doesn't seem very reliable, especially in a case like this. Mexican authorities have not confirmed or denied that an arrest has been made. FBI public affairs specialist Shelley Lynch told the Atlanta Black Star that the agency, which is a branch of the U.S. Department of Justice, has not closed their investigation. So just a very vague statement, which doesn't address arrests in any way. When I was reading the article, which initially outlined Dijonet's arrest, 
I was unsure if it was true or not, but I made the video because I didn't really have a reason to not trust this report and I didn't have a reason to not trust what Gerardo was putting out there as there was nothing to really make me question his credibility. But one thing that I did notice in there was when he said Interpol agents. Interpol does not have agents. So when I broke down what Interpol is in the video where I talked about the arrest warrant, it is just police agencies working together. So to me, that is a major hole or flaw in their initial claim that an arrest has been made because any authority who is like a legit authority, they're going to know that Interpol does not have agents. So they're not going to tell you that. So now I'm definitely looking at the information released by Gerardo and Metropoli MX sideways. Like I don't not trust the information, if that makes sense. But this doesn't mean that I just automatically believe mainstream media by any means, but there also has to be proof to what you're saying. There has to be some validity to it. Otherwise, you're just making claims and there's no proof behind it. The FBI told the Washington Post that they have been involved since the beginning. There you the go, lies, there you the lie. They said that they cannot give a timeline for ongoing cases, but this case is complicated because there are officials from another country involved, said spokesperson Shelley Lynch. The State Department said that they are monitoring all information that is put out there, and when American citizens die in foreign countries, it is the responsibility of local authorities to determine the cause of death. I am just personally assuming that they said this to justify the mixed reports of what happened leading up to Shinquilla's death and everything that's going on now afterwards. They're trying to absolve themselves of some sort of responsibility. So the Robinson family has officially hired a lawyer and a private investigator to try to get to the bottom of this whole mess of what has happened down to their daughter. No one has confirmed or denied any arrests, any further warrants, or any other information regarding the investigation of this case. There's been no arrest. In revisiting the information that we know, I just want to start off with the police report and break it down step by step and just point out the things that I didn't question before, but now I'm just kind of questioning them. And not really Gerardo's integrity, but just the validity of this police report overall. So the report says that a doctor, police, and paramedics were on the scene when Shinquella died. And I also want to note that Salamandra, Shinquella's mom, spoke out to say that she isn't sure that her daughter had ever actually received any medical help. In an interview with the Washington Post, she said that she doesn't know if anyone was ever there because she wasn't allowed to talk to them. She tried to speak to the doctor when the Cabo cowards said that they had initially arrived, but they told her that the doctor was too busy with Shinquella to speak. The family doesn't believe that anything in the police report is valid at this point because there's been no proof. There is no physical police report that was leaked, just Gerardo's word. Uh, so let's dive into why they think this. But even if uh, an official police report was leaked, it doesn't mean that you should believe it. At 2.13 p.m., the Cabo cowards claim that they called the consultation service, so like the front desk type area in the villa that they were staying in, to request help for Shinquella. They said that she was drunk, that she was not having a medical emergency. We know that this is not true because at 2.13 p.m., she would still have been alive. She was not drunk. She'd been attacked. The doctor said that she arrived an hour later, started around 3.13 p.m., saw that Shinquella was drunk, that there was poor verbal response, that she had stable vital signs but was extremely dehydrated, and that she recommended that Shinquella be transferred to the clinic or hospital. When the Cabo cowards refused, the doctor then said that she tried to give her an IV. She doesn't state how she knew she was drunk. She doesn't say if she could smell it on her or she just took the Cabo Coward's word for it. The autopsy report has proven anyways that this is not true. Shinquella did not have any alcohol in her system and it doesn't note alcohol in the autopsy report at all as a cause or precursor to her death. 
Nobody throughout this entire period made note of the injuries to Shanquilla's face, her neck, or the rest of her body. Things that the doctor would have in fact seen if she was treating Shanquilla as a patient. These things were first noted by Bernard when Shanquilla had actually made it back home to Charlotte. If Shanquilla had in fact had poor verbal response but had stable vitals, that automatically indicates that something more serious was going on. And this is just me, I'm not a medical professional, that just seems like a little bit of common sense at this point, to be honest. If she knew that Shanquilla needed to be in the hospital and receive further care, nobody should have been able to tell her otherwise. This is especially true because Shanquilla had insurance. Her father has stated in an interview with Gerald that she has always had insurance and that her coverage was high enough to where they wouldn't have had to pay anything out of pocket if she did go to the hospital. Another point in this story that a lot of people pointed out to me afterwards that I wasn't really aware of, that it's rarely effective to give an adult an IV treatment when they are going through extreme severe dehydration. Your blood thickens. It can be, it can lead to blood clots and problems with circulation overall and difficulty inserting an IV in the most severe of cases. Oral rehydration is the most effective for adults and IV rehydration is the most effective for children. And that is why if she did do this, it stated that she tried several times to give Shanquilla an IV and was unsuccessful because it's not typically successful for adults, especially if she's not really talking to you, she's not saying anything. If she was dehydrated also, as the doctor claims, her heart rate would have been high. It would not have been stable. At 4.20 p.m., the doctor claims that Shanquilla had a seizure, that her pulse decreased, and that she had difficulty breathing. This is possible because severe spinal cord injuries can cause seizures to happen, but the rest of it doesn't really make a lot of sense at this moment. A seizure won't typically cause your pulse to decrease significantly or have difficulty breathing unless there are other health issues going on or other internal issues going on. This seizure, if it did happen, was the result of other internal injuries. It did not create injuries. So just about an hour after the doctor arrives, all she has done at this point is try to give Shanquilla an IV, been unsuccessful at that, and then all of a sudden she takes a dramatic turn for the worst. The report claims that after she was seizing, Winter Donovan had called 911 unsure if this is true or not, but Winter Donovan is listed as the reporting person on the phone call to 911. 29 minutes after she had seized, the doctor says that she could not feel a pulse, and so she started to give CPR until the ambulance arrived. This statement is very sketchy because there's no time indication or notation of when the ambulance arrived or who the paramedics on the scene were. It's unclear if the paramedics had ever been there. There were claims that Shanquilla was given 14 sessions of CPR, five doses of adrenaline, six charges of an AED, and that nothing worked. They stated that there was no pupillary response. With no pupillary response and no heartbeat, that means she would have already been dead at this point. The doctor talked to the police at 5.25 p.m., then declared Shanquilla dead at 5.57 p.m. Now, this immediately stood up to me as fishy because if at 4.49 p.m. you were unable to find a pulse, why would it take you over an hour to declare her as dead? To my knowledge and understanding, when you are reviving or attempting to revive someone, it doesn't take an hour, as even if her heart started beating again, she would likely be brain dead. The police report lists the reasons for the call as a deceased person due to a heart attack, which does not make any sense whatsoever. As I'm going back over the police report, nowhere is it indicated when this heart attack happened. 
Police said that they called the public ministry to report the death and it's unclear if this is true or not because on the death certificate, it does say that her death was reported, but it's not clear who reported it. If it was the doctor who performed the autopsy or if it was in fact the police. The other thing that just makes this sketchy altogether is when Gerardo had leaked the report, everybody's full names were in it except for the paramedics who were not named at all and there were only the first names given of the police. You don't find that suspicious. You don't find that suspicious. You don't find that suspicious. So now that we discussed that and kind of broke that down, we're just going to circle back to the autopsy, basically what we know to be true, what the family knows and also believes to be true. So I looked back over the death certificate, which outlines what the autopsy had found. The autopsy was done by a forensic doctor named Rene A. Galvan Osaguera. The time of death was listed on October 29th, 2022 at 1500 or 3 p.m. This was 15 minutes after the injuries had caused her death, which were listed as atlas luxation and severe spinal cord injuries. In the first video I made about Shinquilla's death, I broke down both of these things in great detail. So if you want to know more about that, you can head on to that video. The type of death is listed as unknown. I'm assuming they mean in terms of like, is it a homicide? Is it manslaughter? Things of that nature. So it's just listed as unknown. The section where it asks if the person received medical attention prior to death also says unknown. To me, this was a big red flag in terms of the police reports version of things, because if the police report was in fact filed at the time of her death and it was in fact true, this is information that this doctor would have had access to. There would have been multiple visible attempts that were made by the original doctor to insert an IV that you could see on her arm. There would have been marks left on her chest by the AED machine. There would have been a potential for cracked ribs or cracked chest bone due to the compressions that she was receiving. And all of this is due to the, what the police report had outlined. If she had, in fact, been receiving medical attention as the authorities and the villa are claiming, then it would have been easy for the forensic doctor to see that she had received medical care. They would have written down yes instead of unknown. There are no notes of alcohol in her system. Her cause of death was not related to alcohol. There is a section on the report that asks if the cause of death was accidental or violent, to which it just says yes. There's been no clarification on what this means. So it could have been that they thought it was accidental and violent. It could have been one or the other. We don't really know yet. The report also says that the informant was Yadira Elizabeth Morales Nunez. This is not the name of the doctor who had allegedly treated Shinquella, so the doctor did not in fact alert anyone to her cause of death, or alert anyone to her death. Shinquella's father has said that the Cabo cowards left her alone in the room for the maid to find her. I'm assuming, this isn't for certain, it's just my assumption that the informant listed on the death certificate is the maid. Based on this report, by the time Nazir Wiggins allegedly arrived, Shinquella would have already been dead. Um, I don't know who Mr. Gerardo Zaniga's um, sources are, okay? But I would hope that whoever they are, that he would have vetted them, that he would have done what an investigative journalist do. You can't just come to investigative journalists and give them information. It must be vetted. Not all of them do that. You get what I'm saying? So I'm not going to invalidate Gerardo Zinga's work or his previous experience. He said that he has 26 years of experience in investigative journalism. 
I do not know who his sources are or who they are not. He, in this case, seems to be the only Mexican reporter who is reporting information on Tranquilla's case. It's just unclear how true or factual this information is. He also might not be the only Mexican reporter sharing information or obtaining information about this case, but he's just the only one who's really hit it mainstream. At this point, I like Shinquilla's family. I'm just going to stick with the death certificate information. It reveals, in my opinion, the most clear image of truth in all of the chaos, lies, and the cover-ups that have clearly gone on. I don't think it gives a lot of information, but I think that the information it gives is much more believable than other versions of events. I personally, at this point, do not think that Shinquilla was alive when the doctor arrived, if a doctor did in fact arrive at all to treat her like that. Obviously, someone would have had to have been there to kind of declare her officially dead. Now, going back over the police report and comparing it with what we know to be true, I do think that the report is mostly fabricated. Making the villa and authorities look good was the primary point, in my opinion, of this police report and releasing it. It's not a good look to any of them. A group of Americans went down to Mexico, brutally murdered a member of their friend group, got away with it, and then fled back to America, and nobody was going to do anything about it until public outrage really started. Since this case has gone viral the way that it has, people have contacted the Robinsons and told them that they could hear fighting in the room in the villa when because they were staying kind of nearby. They said that they had told villa workers, they had told other people about it, and no one did anything about it. So this means that they are liable, that the villa is more responsible than they are letting on. I know that the Robinsons want answers at this point, and the public wants them too, because a lot of people are very invested in this case. But speculation and straight up lies about the case do not help anybody get any closer to the truth or help anybody figure out what has actually gone on. There's a difference between stating what you think happened, your opinions, your speculation, your assumptions, and trying to pass those things off as facts without any evidence. There's absolutely no proof that Dijonet has been arrested or is currently in police custody. In my opinion, I can see arguments going both ways on this, right? Like, there's one side where she was arrested and police just aren't releasing this information to try to protect the integrity of the case because they are planning on arresting more of the Cabo cowards and they don't want to spook them into running further or potentially fleeing in a place that would be harder to access them. I don't think that the FBI or other police are above lying or withholding information to the public, like just going to keep it a buck with that. But I also do not really see them wanting to keep this information under wraps as it has been over a month since Chinquella's death. So an arrest would make them look really good at this point. And that's really what they're, what they care about, what they're invested in is good PR after all this time of bad PR and people ragging on them. Then there's the other side to this, that she has not been arrested, that Gerardo's sources are lying to him about the police report, arrest reports, and other information regarding this case. His report was the only one which incorrectly labeled Dijonet Jackson as a trans woman, which has since been disproven, and it has just led to a lot of, a lot of harmful rhetoric about trans people, which had no factual basis. Because of the online backlash regarding this statement and people pointing out that it had no factual basis, he removed that information from his article, but never stated where he got that information from or why he believed it to be true. There is a possibility that because he has been doing this for so long that he may have had these sources for a long time, that he's just believing them and potentially hasn't seen proof of the arrest himself. I have seen people say that he is lying for money and attention because he is not in contact with the family and he was also asking or was open or was sharing his cash app link. I personally do not think that either of these things are proof that he was lying. 
um, as a reporter or someone doing any sort of investigative work or online work, I think that people deserve to be compensated for that. So if people are willing to send money to him, I don't think that is my place to judge that. Like, it's just, it is what it is. Like, he could put his link out there and no one could send him money. But if people are sending him money, then that's what it is. I personally think that it is somewhat odd that he hasn't made attempts to get in contact with the family and provide his information directly to them like Gerald has, but it doesn't prove that he's lying. It just is a difference in opinions and morals on what one should and should not do when they get information about a case. If he is in fact lying or if anyone else is lying about this case for money, attention, or views, their karma will come for them and we shouldn't pay them any mind. Like you see a lie, just ignore it. Don't engage because all you're doing is boosting them at that point. So as soon as we find out who you are, trust you will be dealt with. Period. So I do think that this was in fact premeditated on the Cabo Coward's part. I do think that they went down to Cabo with her having very malicious intentions with the intention of causing serious harm to her. Now, if they actually planned on murdering her, I'm not sure. But at this point, to me, it doesn't really matter if they did or they didn't. Because if you are planning to cause serious harm to a person, you have to know that death is always a potential outcome in that situation. Like, you would be naive and you would be foolish to think that that's not a possibility. There are is a lot of speculation regarding what really happened, but none of these rumors have any factual basis at this point in time. I see it all over that she set someone up back in Charlotte, so this was the group getting back at her, which to me this doesn't make any sense because if they truly wanted to get back at her, they would have just done it in Charlotte, right? Like I said, there's no proof of this. No one has mentioned any names of the people or person that she had allegedly set up, what she did to them, what happened, or literally anything at all to add validity to this claim. There's been rumors and speculation that the group had robbed Shinquella and they took her down there with the intention of taking her money. Again, there's been no proof of this at all. There are rumors that she took 15k in cash with her to Mexico and they killed her to take that. But when traveling internationally, you can only have a certain amount of cash on hand. Anything else is flagged and seized. She was also only going to Mexico for a weekend. Like it was supposed to be a weekend trip. So she wouldn't need 15k in American money in cash in Mexico where the exchange rate is a lot higher and also you have credit cards and things of that nature so that just doesn't make any sense. Her family has also not come out and said that she was missing a significant amount of money or that money was stolen from her. We do know that the Cabo cowards requested $6,000 from the Robinsons after Shanquilla had died. They said that they needed this money to take her to the hospital but the family said no and didn't send anything to them because they said that doesn't sound right. There's no proof that they had stolen any money from Shanquilla herself. There's also speculation that Shanquilla had paid for the entire trip. And again, there's no, no proof of this. I've seen no proof of this. The other one that I've seen circulating a lot is that there's a, a bad girls club type scenario situation going on here in which they all got together, everybody except Shanquilla, planned on fighting her naked with the intention of embarrassing her by recording it and uploading it to go viral when they returned to America. But again, there's no proof of this either. If they had really wanted to fight somebody and have the videos go viral, they wouldn't have chosen Shinquella. They knew she wasn't a fighter. She wouldn't have fought back or defended herself. So it would just look like a brutal beatdown and not a fight. So it wouldn't bring them the notoriety that they were looking for. I believe that if they had intended or planned to do like a bad girls club type of scenario, then they would have just fought each other, but they wouldn't have attacked Shinquella. They would have just left her out of it knowing that she's not a fighter like that. As of December 3rd, 2022, at 9.41 p.m., we do not know why this happened or 
what exactly happened after that camera stopped rolling after that initial video was released. The likelihood of the truth just coming out on its own is very unlikely, which is unfortunate for the Robinsons. If the Cabo cowards are in fact arrested now or at a later point in time, they're taken into custody. At this point, like I said, it's been over a month. They've all had time to get their stories together or to figure out a way to shift responsibility off of themselves and onto Dijonet, for example, as she is the one in the video, or onto basically everyone but themselves. So I hope for the family's sake that through continued public pressure and their attorney and their private investigator that they are able to figure out the truth. And whether they make that public or not is totally up to them. There's no obligation to. I just hope for their sake they find out what happened to their daughter, their sister, their loved one. If you have been enjoying my coverage of the Shaquilla Robinson case, then consider subscribing and maybe consider becoming a channel member where you get exclusive perks, things that are only for you. 